Drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. It is good to be on with you. Good morning to you. Great show lined up for you today. Our friend Mark Alex is going to be back on the program. He's with the King's Men. You might recall we've had some conversations with Mark about his time praying in front of an abortion clinic in Philadelphia, how he's had conversations with the abortionist doctor. Well, he's also uh, recently brought his young son, and he, we want to talk about what it means, the importance of raising pro-life sons, the difficulty of being in those environments, because they can be crazy sometimes. Not always, but there are times when things get kind of crazy there. But it's still important to raise pro-life sons. Mark Houck's going to be our guest to have that conversation in the What's Concerning Us segment. In the guest segment, Joy Mignon, who is the uh, one of the co-hosts of the Monday 8 a.m. program here across the Guadalupe Radio Network, uh, it's called Intersections. Joey is a vet of our armed services, served in uh, the Army. He served overseas in, uh, in combat. And we're going to have a conversation, he and I. I served in the Marine Corps back in the 90s. And we're going to have a conversation about the cybersecurity, about our military. There's real concerns about our nation's security. Are, are we able to withstand the dangers that we face as a country in our geopolitical situation? Or are we going over the edge? Is this the beginning of paying ransoms to, to, to bullies? Those kinds of things. We're going to have that conversation in our guest segment today. Joey, a uh, uh, Catholic, uh, in, as I said, a veteran. So it's going to be a good conversation. That's coming up in this hour. All of that in this hour. If you can join us in the next hour, praise be to God. We'd love to have you. The next hour is always a little lighter, a little less intense, a little more fun, a little more inspirational. We will, of course, have our game show, Fear and Trembling Game Show. And this week, BrightlyHued.com is our game show sponsor, uh, generously donating a set of 10 stickers. Now, these are these are not your uh, gold star stickers. These are like light years above that. A beautiful Catholic images that you can stick to your, your computer, to your phone, to your laptop, to your your mug or whatever uh and it is a beautiful catholic art it is a wonderful way to uh, plant seeds in the hearts of strangers those kinds of things and brightlyhue.com is generously underwriting our game show for today so we're very grateful to them good morning to you adrian fonseca good morning good morning yes uh it's a bright and early <laughs> and uh bushy-tailed bushy-tailed and i'm really looking forward to talking about cybersecurity. yesterday after intersections with uh brie and joey he was telling me all about the cybersecurity issue and i was like oh my goodness i had yeah. no idea it was this big of an issue it kind of reminds me of the fall of the western empire you know wow. like with the, <laughs> the vandals and the goths start uh, coming wave after wave after wave and, uh, you know, people are being paid off in order to prevent the, the sacking and the pillaging part. Uh, I kind of feel like we could be looking at that. And is that real? I would hope not. I hope I'm completely out of line there. But the question is, are we? And that's the conversation we're going to have. So anyway. Well, that'll be fun. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. 
and uh, it'll be it'll be you know it'll be very concerning. But very concerning. I think it's very important that we discuss it. So praise be to God. Janelle Lee is here. Good morning to you, Janelle. Good morning, Joe. Uh, so uh, Janelle was an intern for my former radio show called GRN Alive, which was on Mondays across the GRN. And uh, college student, I guess, uh, still? Yes, I am still a college student. Yeah, technically speaking. Technically but are you speaking. on break, though? Are you summer break? Or? I am on break. I'm I'm on summer break right now. Okay. And what, is, what, are, what do college students do during summer break? Do they go shark diving or cliff jumping or like, what do you, like free, free form climbing up mountains? What do you do? Ooh, I'm not very adventurous. I have a deathly fear of heights, so I don't think I will be doing any of those. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so shark diving then? Oh, who knows? Maybe, maybe. Shark diving? Is that when you dive with sharks? Yeah, yes. feed them out of your hand? Yes. Oh, I was thinking like you went skydiving with sharks. That'd be better. Yeah, I you know, I, I had I watched this movie. Uh, it's called Sharknado. I don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> no. And it just inspired me. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Well, good, it's good to see you. Janelle is uh, hanging out with us for, for a few days here, I guess. Uh, I mean, you have bigger plans. I don't know that we, know that we can reveal those plans publicly, but oh. uh, uh, I don't know. Mm. Are you comfortable with that? Or um, I, I guess I, I can. Okay. Yes, I don't mind. So you have applied to a religious community. Um, I'm in the process of applying to the Vietnamese Dominican Sisters. How wonderful. Um, yes. Well, praise be to God. We will be praying for your for your vocation yes, then. Please and do. I really appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out with us. But uh, let's pray. Let's jump in. We have a lot to get into, plus the breaking news, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, all of that is headed your way. Uh, let's include your intentions, dear listener, in our, in our prayers and asking Our Lady, the Queen of Heaven and Earth, to intercede for all of us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise be to God. And now the headlines. Epoch Times reports Supreme Court agrees to take on major abortion case. The U.S. Supreme Court on Monday agreed to take on a major abortion case and would consider Mississippi's appeal of a lower court ruling that reversed a ban on most abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. The case will grant the Supreme Court the opportunity to reconsider landmark abortion ruling Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey. With Roe v. Wade, a ruling that was derided by conservatives and religious adherents, the High Court in 1973 ruled that a woman had a right to an abortion and reaffirmed it about 20 years later. The Supreme Court will start hearing the arguments in the case in October, and it will be the first abortion-related case since the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett. The Daily Wire reports bombshell UFO report. U.S. military encounters UFOs every day that far exceed its tech capabilities. A very big concern, actually. An explosive report featured on CBS's 60 Minutes featured several former U.S. military officials who talked about what the U.S. government knows about unidentified aerial phenomenon, or UAPs, more commonly known as UFOs. The segment comes ahead of a report that a military that the military is supposed to deliver an unclassified report to Congress by next month. 
Former Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe said in a recent interview that the findings will shock people because, quote, frankly, there are a lot more sightings than have been made public, unquote. The segment also documented a case from 2004 where two U.S. Navy pilots with USS Nimitz Carrier Strike Group were training about 100 miles southwest of San Diego and encountered a UFO that they claimed descended 80,000 feet in a matter of only a few seconds. The pilot said that when they got close to the object after tracking it, it disappeared because of the speed that it was able to accelerate. Breitbart reports U.S. approves $735 million worth of arms sales to Israel. The sale of $735 million in weapons to Israel has been approved by the Biden administration as the nation continues its daily battle against Hamas terror rockets fired from the Gaza Strip. Congress was initially told of the impending sale on May 5th, according to three people familiar with the matter in a Washington Post report. The Post reported, uh, noted Boeing will provide the weapons to the Jewish state. Last year, the U.S. Department of Defense approved the sale of the new KC-46 Pegasus aerial refueling aircraft to its staunch military East, uh, Middle East ally. Forgive me. Israel would buy up to eight of these Boeing built aircraft and related equipment for an estimated of $2.4 billion. Aid to the Church in Need is reporting that the Democratic Republic of Congo is in a state of utter misery. The bishop there in the eastern part of the Democratic Republic of Congo denounced the human rights violations being carried out in his diocese by the marauding Islamic militia groups. In an interview with the Aid to the Church in Need, Bishop Melchizedek explained the number of incidents is particularly high in the northern part of his diocese. Armed groups are destroying schools and hospitals. Teachers and pupils are being killed. They're even killing the sick as they lay in their hospital beds. Not a day goes by without people being killed, the Archbishop said. He goes on to say that more than 6,000 people have been killed in Benai since 2013 and more than 2,000 in just 2020 alone. He explained that the region is actually predominantly Christian. However, it is facing Islamization. For, the, for this reason, the bishop believes that the, great, the greatest challenge lies in strengthening the faith of Catholics. Islam is being forced on us, he says. And those are your headline news for today. The saint of the day is Blessed William of Toulouse. Blessed William of Toulouse was born to the French nobility in 1297 in Toulouse, France. He joined the Augustinians in Toulouse, France at the age of 19, and he studied there and in Paris, France. He became the prior of the Augustinian house of Pamiers, France. He acted as a spiritual director, exorcist, and most importantly, a noted and popular preacher in Toulouse, whose sermons brought many to religious life. He promoted devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary under the title of Sorrowful Mother and for praying for souls in purgatory. He was known for his simple life. He was deeply spiritual in his preaching and in his writing and in his, in his deep prayer life. None of his sermons have survived, though. The only writings we have of him are his visions of the punishments in hell and in purgatory. Blessed 
William of Toulouse died on the 18th of May, 1369 in Toulouse, France of natural causes. And so many miracles were reported at his grave that he had to be reinterred in a monastery church. He was beatified in 1893 by Pope Leo XIII. Blessed William of Toulouse, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 17, verses 1 through 11. Jesus raised his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Give glory to your Son, so that your Son may glorify you, just as you gave him authority over all people, so that your Son may give eternal life to all you gave him. Now this is eternal life, that they should know you, the only true God, and the one whom you sent, Jesus Christ. I glorified you on earth by accomplishing the work that you gave me to do. Now glorify me, Father, with you, with the glory that I had with you before the world began. I revealed your name to those whom you gave me out of the world. They belonged to you, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you gave me is from you, because the words you gave to me I have given to them, and they accepted them, and truly understood that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those, but for the ones you have given me, because they are yours, and everything of mine is yours, and everything of yours is mine, and I have been glorified in them, and now I will no longer be in the world, but they are in the world, while I am coming to you, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This is an incredible prayer. And you might remember yesterday's passage where uh, the disciples are like, all right, finally we believe. Now you aren't speaking in, in figures of speech and crazy cryptic language, Lord. Now we understand that you need nothing else. Remember that part? Well, that sort of triggers the, this prayer, which is the longest prayer in the Gospels, by the way, uh, especially of our Lord. This high priestly prayer, according to the St. Ignatius Catholic Study Bible, Curtis Mitch and Dr. Hahn, it says, the high priestly prayer of Jesus, who turns attention from his disciples to his heavenly Father. The prayer has three parts. Now, part number one, Jesus offers up his approaching sacrifice to the Father. So he's offering himself as sacrifice back to the Father. Part number two, he pleads for preservation of his disciples, those who belong to the Father. And part number three, he prays for the unity of the universal church. How do we know? He does the will of the Father, and so must the church do the will of the Father. Amen? Don't go anywhere. Mark out from the King's Men Apostle. It's going to be on next. Raising pro-life warrior sons. That's what's coming up next. Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. 
GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects homebuyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Uh, praise be to God. Coming up in, I don't know, 20 minutes or so from now, Joy Mignon, co-host of Intersections, is a show heard on this network, Mondays at 8 a.m. Central. Uh, he's a vet of the American military. He and I are going to be discussing the cybersecurity and the national security issues that we are seeing as persons who have served in our American military and the, the concerns we have about our nation's security. Are we on the precipice? I kind of feel like we're, you know, there's a lot of similarities and parallels to the fall of the Western Roman Empire. And uh, so we're going to have that conversation. Hopefully we are way overblowing this whole thing. Let's just pray for that. But uh, either way, we're going to have that conversation coming up in about 20 minutes from now. Joining us right now via Zoom chat, our good friend Mark Houck from the Kingsman Apostolate. Good morning to you, Mark. Good morning, Joe. Did you shave? You shaved. Well, I wanted your audience to know that I'm younger than you, so uh, <laughs> a couple months. Yeah, at least a couple of months. My friend Mark had a beautiful man beard for the longest time, but now he's baby-faced again. So uh, you're looking good, Mark. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Now, the last several conversations we've had it was uh, in relation to your time spent. You've been praying in front of an abortion clinic out in Philly for, I guess, years, uh, for a very long time. And we've had conversations going on 20 years now. We've been we've been down to the center city, Philadelphia. There's multiple uh, abortion chambers down there. But that's right. And you've been having conversations with the abortion doctor there, which has been fascinating to to uh, pick your brain about those. But I think last week you said you brought your son. Tell us about that experience. Yeah, I've had him there a couple times with me and some of the other children as well. But it wasn't for as long. I took him last week for four hours, mm. um, and um, I was really concerned. You know, he's twelve years old. I knew it was it was it was the time that I need to start ushering him a little bit into his manhood, initiating him. Uh, but I was a little concerned that the length might be a little much for him. But I tell you, he he rose to the challenge, and what he experienced. I saw my son become a man. Wow! And um, I watched him. Uh, prayerfully, uh, patiently deal with all of the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we can get into the ugly, what happened, but there was some great good too. Um, And I asked him when we left, I said, Mark, do you want to come back? Because I I felt maybe it was too much for him. Mm. And he said, no, dad. He said, I I said, you don't have to come back. And he said, no, dad, I want to come back. 
So um, I felt like it was the right thing to do. I know some parents might struggle with, do I, when do I take my child to, to an abortion mill or something like that? And what, is it too much for them? Is Maybe they'll experience something very negative. Can they handle it? I think we, as parents, we underestimate the resiliency that our children have, but also just what they can bring to that experience as well uh, is a beautiful thing. You know, there are some crazy things that happen in, in those places some, sometimes, not always. I mean, there's a lot of times you go there and it's pretty, you might even say boring. Like there's like almost nothing happening. You're just standing there, you're praying or, or, or sidewalk counselors are trying to, you know, counsel those people who would drive up or pull up or walk up or what have you. But I've been on a couple of occasions uh, in front of the abortion mill and it's been kind of wacky. I mean, like really wacky. People doing very crazy things. Folks on bullhorns screaming, you know, things. Uh, you know, your, your pictures are being taken by Planned Parenthood volunteers. I've had, uh, I've seen people doing occult-like practices out there, uh, you know, trying to pray uh, curses upon us and, and just really kind of surreal, wacky stuff. Uh, what was going on w- when you had your son out there? Right. So it, it started out pretty benign. It was it was pretty placid, like you said. And, um, you know, once we start agitating the evil one and through our prayers and through the rosary and through our spiritual binding and, and just you could tell that things were heating up um, for about the first two hours. You know, we, we prayed our we prayed at least two two full rosaries and we were doing some sidewalk counseling. He was handing out literature as I was. And, uh, but it wasn't that um, aggressive. Uh, within the last hour that we were there, a woman came out who had an abortion, and uh, we offered her some post-abortion healing. And she was kind of taken back, but she, she listened. Um, but then she just said, no, I'm, I don't know what to make of this. And she laughed. She walked away. And, um, well, we just said, we'll pray for you. And she said, don't bother and um, so then she walked away, but she, she came back like 20 minutes later, maybe a half an hour later. And she was violent. She was violent, vulgar. Wow. Uh, she kicked everything that we had. Um, she spewed uh, words that my son has probably never heard before. Oof. And as we were praying, um, the Sorrowful Mistress, I brought my son over. I said, come on, let's kneel down. We're, we're going to do this and we're going to leave because we were coming to the end of our time. Um, she, she, she got into it. She, she started attacking us personally while we were praying the sorrowful mysteries. And, you know, we're just as pro-lifers, we're just trying to ignore that, you know, but the little, the little boy couldn't, couldn't ignore it because she was directing her venom at him, castigating him, uh, you know, just, just, just discouraging him, doing everything in her power to do that. Mm. Um, and then I, eventually I had to cut the rosary off at, at, uh, at the fourth mystery because I, I just couldn't take it anymore. He, could, he started to cry. And he's right next to me, and I'm like kind of holding him next to my, my shoulder. And we were almost done. And I, and I said, you know what? You won. You know, what, you, what you're trying to accomplish, you've accomplished. And uh, we're going to leave, which, again, we we're about 15 minutes from leaving anyway. But, um, you know, she didn't know what to say. Um, she acknowledged that what she did was wrong as far as kicking our stuff. And, and I, I turned the corner with my son. And I said, son, are you okay? And he said, yeah. And I said, like I told you before, I said, you don't have to come back. He says, no, I want to come back. I want to be here. And he came back with me two days later wow. uh, on Saturday. 
and, and he prayed again. So I, I think he taught me a lot about resiliency, forgiveness, patience. But uh, my son, he, 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 he recognized that this was straight from the, the pits of hell. Mm. And so he, he was able to compartmentalize it there, and he didn't absorb it. He just saw it as a soldier. And I whispered to him, I said, son, this is what the Lord's talking about. When he said, they, they hated me, they're going to hate you. They persecuted me. They're going to persecute. I whispered this to him as she was spewing all this vulgarity onto him and me. Mm. And, you know, I just saw him. This is what it's going to take. This is what we have to do. This is part of the journey. And, um, boy, I tell you, I, I never was more proud, Joe, that he was able to, to stand by with his weapon in his hand, his rosary in his hand, and just take it. And, uh, and just, you know, like a, a, a lamb to the slaughter. That's amazing, Amen. Mark. Uh, I was talking with the the TFP, and uh, they were telling me how because they have the the boys cl- uh, school in Pennsylvania, St. Louis de Mumford Academy, and they take the boys out to do these campaigns. And they said uh, they were telling me they're like, you know, the crazy thing is, you take out these boys and you tell and you put them there and you show them the face of the revolution. You show them the face of these people and mm-hmm. how they act and how the ch- hatred they have in their hearts. And instead of like driving them away from the church, it solidifies them in their stance that they recognize mm-hmm. this is a real battle. This isn't just things that my dad says at home. Them, this is not just uh, something I read in a storybook. This is reality and we're at war. Um, and uh, they learn this from a very young age whenever they witness the hatred for Holy Mother Church and for her uh, God's law. Um, did you see that that same kind of uh, idea? Oh, absolutely. I think you said it well there. And uh, yeah, he, you know, at the same time, we recognize that this woman was extremely wounded. I mean, there was great compassion there. I mean, when anyone acts like that, Joe, I, I, and I, I've said often to, to people who come out to the abortion laws, I say, you know, when people are emotionally flat, when they don't give you a response, that's 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 the what you don't want. Mm. You want you want people to at least have some response because they're being stirred in some way and they're closer to a conversion than those that are just completely flatlined. So we knew that we were stirring her. Obviously, she just had an abortion and um, she she's in pain. And so we've been praying for her uh, and, and drawing our hearts into into prayer. Uh, so it, it's it's all used for good. It, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be evil. It doesn't have to be all like uh, you know this is the worst thing that happened. This can be this can be for the glory of God. And, and although it's hard, I think I want to just encourage you and your audience that don't be afraid to take young people to the abortion. I wouldn't take like a five or six year old for four hours, but but a twelve year old and up, I, I think I think that's the right age. Uh, at least it was it was for me. Mark Kauk is our guest. The King's Men Apostolate is it's the TK. It's thekingsmen.org, right? Yes. And that's correct. the website, thekingsmen.org. A couple of minutes left in our conversation with you, Mark. Uh, how important is it that as as dads that we raise pro life sons? That we that we that we have to. It's I know as a dad, it's always that tricky piece of balance to go. Are they ready for this yet? Is right. this going to be too much? I mean, I'm always trying to protect my sons, but at the same time, I have an obligation to prepare them for the battle. So, how do you know that balance, and how important is it to prepare them? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I homeschool like you do, 
And again, my son heard four letter words that he's never heard before. You know, mm. we don't speak like that. He doesn't hear these things. On Saturday, when he was there with me again, you know, he was standing right next to a bishop. And these types of things were being spewed again, not in the same manner. And I just said, you know what, you know, here we are. And, and this is, this is, this is what the world is. I can't keep him, as Jesus said, you know, they're in the world, but not of the world. I can't keep him from the world. I need to prepare him. Like you said, I need to prepare him for what is out there and I need to arm him with the truth. And so I think if we, I think we have our rosaries and stuff like that. And as long as he, as he knows that, you know, what this is happening, what's happening to him, rather what he's experiencing is obviously contrary to what, you know, how we're raising him, then he will be able to identify that, yes, this is why versus this is normal. And I think, you know, we don't want to normalize any of that behavior. We wanted to see always something out of the ordinary for him so that he enters in and he can see that there is this sacred space away from that too. But we must bring the sacred to that place. And and that starts with ourselves. And yeah, I know it, it is tough. And I, I wrestled with that and I said to myself this week, you know, do, do I want him to, you know, be around all that? But, you know, we must speak blessing over our children after stuff like that happens and just pray purity over them, both thought, word, and deed. And um, I think... I think our Lord, our Lady, uh, and our guardian angel and his patron saints take care of all that for us. We have to really entrust them to that and really just entrust them to the Lord in that instance. It's a hard one, though, for sure, uh, to discern. Amen. Amen. Praise be to God. Thank you for your witness, Mark. Uh, Just about uh, 45 seconds, maybe 30 seconds left. Uh, You're going on a tour soon uh, with the King's Men, uh, and you have some uh, potential uh, dates coming up. Anything that you want to share with us? Yeah, sure. We're going to be uh, heading out west again like we did last year to Montana with you. We'll be heading out to Idaho, so we one state over. And then we'll be hitting a bunch of retreats along the way in Boise, in Flagstaff, uh, coming back through above, just above where you are um, and, and up the East Coast hitting a couple more retreats. So these are one days of recollection at our men on the country. So. Never know. We might be coming. We might swim down to Houston if it works out. Yeah, praise be to God. All right, thekingsmen.org. Check it out. Thekingsmen.org. Mark Hoff, thanks for joining us. We'll be right back. More Catholic Drive Time headed your way. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, we should not blame people for whatever bad things they may sometimes do? We should not judge them for their faults. We should be kind and merciful. Well, of course we should be kind and merciful. However, it is not merciful to say that we should not blame them for the sins they commit. As G.K. Chesterton says, blame is actually a compliment. It is a compliment because it is an appeal to a man's soul. When we call a man a coward, We are, in so doing, asking him how he can be a coward when he could be a hero. When we rebuke a man for being a sinner, we imply that he has the potential of being a saint. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. 
Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to God. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and your headline news. I'm your host, Joe McLean. According to the Daily Wire, HHS is diverting $2 billion from COVID-19 relief to cover the cost of housing thousands of children as migrants at the border. The Biden administration's Health and Human Services Department diverted more than $2 billion meant for COVID-19 relief to the cost of caring for thousands of child migrants who have come across the southern border as the White House continues to struggle to get the border crisis under control. According to a political report on Sunday, quote, the redirected funds include $850 million that Congress originally allocated to rebuild the nation's strategic national stockpile, the emergency medical reserve strained by the COVID-19 response, unquote. According to Politico, another $850 million is being taken from a pot intended to help expand coronavirus testing, according to three people with knowledge on the matter. The Biden administration is being praised uh, last week for shifting tens of thousands of unaccompanied child migrants out of Customs and Border Protection custody, but largely failed to acknowledge that only a few hundred of those children were reunited with family members and guardians in the United States. Most of the 20,000 child migrants simply shifted to health and human services custody, meaning that the Biden administration is still housing tens of thousands of migrant kids, in some cases with very little oversight. According to the New York Post, the ninth fully vaccinated member of the New York Yankees has now tested positive for coronavirus. The Yankees' COVID-19 outbreak spread to a ninth member of their organization, according to the manager, Aaron Boone, who said on Sunday that the team learned Saturday night that another staff member had tested positive. He says, quote, we're doing the best we can with it, and fortunately, he's another one that feels good, unquote, Boone said on the new case. He goes on to say, we continue to try and be vigilant and handle it as best we can. According to LifeSite's reporting on this same story, at least 85% of the team has been vaccinated as of April 30th in an effort to ease clubhouse restrictions and mask wearing protocols under the MLB rules, meaning the team no longer had to wear masks in the dugouts or bullpens. Restrictions during road trips were also loosened. According to the National Catholic Register, Catholics and Protestants share communion at German Ecumenical Convention. Frankfurt's Cathedral of St. Bartholomew served as the site where Catholics and Protestants defied church teaching against shared communion. Protestant and Catholic worshipers in Germany defied church teaching on Sunday by taking part in each other's celebration of the Lord's Supper at an ecumenical convention in Frankfurt. In four services in the city, Catholics were invited to take part in the in an evangelical supper with Protestants and similarly invited to celebrate the Holy Eucharist at Mass with the decision to receive Holy Communion or the bread at the Protestant service was left to the individual. According to Cardinal Gerhard Müller, Prefect Emeritus of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, he had earlier described the invitation as a provocation. He says, quote, 
Anyone who contradicts Catholic teaching and its binding interpretation by the Roman teaching office is no longer Catholic, unquote. And lastly, Epoch Times reports that 223 people have died with COVID-19 after they were fully vaccinated, according to the CDC. Over 1,100 people in America have been hospitalized with COVID-19 after being fully vaccinated against the virus that causes it. And over 220 people have died, according to the newly updated figures from the top U.S. health agency. The number of hospitalizations among the fully vaccinated is up to 1136, and the number of deaths among the same population is 223 as of May 10th. The statistics published by the CDC are an accumulation of reports from 46 states and territories. However, the numbers could be undercounted because, quote, national surveillance relies on passive and voluntary reporting, and data might not be complete or representative. Unquote, according to the CDC. And those are your headline news. Uh, real quick, b- before we jump into our conversation, I want to remind you that on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDC, you can join our email list and you're going to get that Father Bill Casey talk immediately in your inbox on the state of the church, the state of the union, where where we are headed and what we must do uh, in, uh, in light of that news. That's a powerful talk. You'll get it right in your inbox when you sign up to our email list at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And I'm pretty excited to tell you that today we're going to be recording a, a unique conversation with Dr. Paul Kengor on uh, The Devil and Karl Marx, a book he wrote on the dangers of Marxism. And we'll be delivering a, a good and significant portion of that interview to you just through the email. So if you're on the email, you'll get access to that talk later this week. And I'm very excited about that. So all of that is coming up again, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Joining us right now via Zoom chat all the way from the Eternal City, uh, Rome, is Joy Mignon. He is, uh, he is the co-host of Intersections, which is a show that we air across this network every Monday, 8 a.m. Central. Good morning to you, Joey. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Praise be to God. I am alive. And that counts. How are you? Every day. Yeah. Every day, every day. <laughs> every Sounds day. great. I love it. Now, for the sake of our, uh, I want to talk about cybersecurity. I want to talk about the military. Um, for the sake of our audience, you served in the, in, the mil- in the Army, if I'm not mistaken, and even overseas. Can you give us a little bit of your background? Uh, sure. So uh, about 10 years of experience in the Army, I've held multiple uh, military specialties, occupational specialties, um, and with two tours to Afghanistan doing, dealing with um, uh, training and uh, uh, IT, uh, cybersecurity, things like that. I served in the Marine Corps back in the 90s, and I'm looking at the headlines today, and I see some things that I find terribly concerning as an American citizen in, re- in relation to both cybersecurity and our military, especially from a nation, national security perspective. We all, we've all read the stories, heard the stories about this pipeline that did get hacked. There was a ransomware attack by a criminal group, and they paid out, I think it was um, 75 bitcoins in ransom to get the control back of their of their gas pipeline it put a tremendous amount of people on the east coast uh without gas or hoarding the gas that was left and there were many gas stations that were completely empty uh it was kind of crazy to see that so there's a cybersecurity issue we've all heard about the reports of the cybersecurity issues related to our uh national election back in november 
And then, of course, there's more and more stories coming out about the U.S. military. Um, I reported yesterday about the Space Force commander being relieved under and under investigation for his comments. Um, what is going on from your perspective, Troy Mignon? So uh, we'll go start at the beginning of that. So there's a lot of cyber security threats and issues, and this isn't a relatively new um, uh, phenomenon. And to give some context, uh, the, the amount of Bitcoin that it was was about $5 million, give or take, uh, of ransom uh, money that was paid to them. Uh, and as, a, as, a, as an American, it's a little concerning because we used to have this, we don't negotiate with terrorist policy, that we just didn't do it. We just, if... if Somebody made a, a, a demand like that. And the FBI came out and said that um, paying them will uh, encourage more behavior like this. I don't know if you're familiar with the story. If you give a mouse a cookie, um, they're going to want a glass of milk, right? Well, if you give a cyber criminal a ransom, they're going to hold your data and try to blackmail you later <laughs> on. It's basically. I also don't negotiate go. with four year olds, just so you know. It's just a policy in my house. Uh, we just don't negotiate with four year olds. Five year olds, maybe. I don't know. I'm on the verge there. We'll see. Well, the, the cookie tactic might work better with them than Bitcoin. So that's a pro tip for you. Um, so it, it's not a new phenomenon with, with cybersecurity. Uh, there was, there have been other uh, cyber uh, attacks over the last few years. Um, so this isn't the first time. Recently, the DoD was attacked. There was a Solar Winds, which is a tool that they use to manage uh, networks. There was, uh, there was an attack on that. Um, I think there was a town in Florida whose water supply uh, was attacked, and they were going to. Um, put chemicals into the water supply there. Um, and the group that's behind the, the most recent attacks is kind of interesting because they uh, there's a term in, in software development or, or in kind of tech startup world um, called something as a service. So software as a service, storage as a service, uh, development as a service, just something blank as a service. Well, this uh, dark side group does ransom uh, ransomware as a service. So you basically sign up and you get some ransomware and then they make money off of it. Now, they've tried to flip this and tried to make it into a Robin Hood thing where they're donating money to charity, but the charities don't want the money. So, um, But it, it's an interesting model to see this because basically if there's people that want to do an organization harm, they can go sign up for ransomware and then they can get it onto the, the thing. So it's, they're really it's entrepreneurial, I guess, is what I would say. Uh, but pretty disgusting and despicable behavior, and the fact that a lot of our infrastructure is uh, so vulnerable. So, uh, and the big issue is that a lot of these systems are outdated; they're uh, under secured. So there is some security, but a lot of the things it's pretty. And they're still investigating uh, the, the cause of this. They're still analyzing, trying to figure out exactly what happened. But in the past, it's been things like they didn't change the default password. Uh, they didn't patch all the. They didn't have the latest updates and to patch the security vulnerabilities. So these are the kind of things that are are still in place, and a lot of the systems in the United States are globally as well. And we are going to continue to see these type of attacks because people don't take their their cybersecurity seriously. Uh, I, it's very concerning. I mean, if you can shut down an oil, an oil pipeline, which would affect tens of thousands of people, um, we saw what happens when Texas freezes. There were many people who were in desperate situations. Some even lost their lives. There's a lot of very concerning stories, even out of the military. We're going to have that conversation on the other side of this very short break with Joy Mignon. He is the co-host of Intersections. Talking about cybersecurity, talking about the military. We're talking about our nation's security. Can we secure our country? That's the question. We're going to answer that on the other side of the break. I'm in charge here, right? One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. 
Many people have the idea that monks have a rigid code of obedience based on instant conformity to the orders of the abbot. They would probably be shocked to learn that in his rule, St. Benedict tells the abbot that he is supposed to adapt himself to the needs of the monks, not force the monks to adapt themselves to him. The leader's responsibility, according to St. Benedict, is to provide the maximum benefit for the greatest number of people by being attentive to what, within reason, works best for each person. This is a very different idea of leadership from what we normally see. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E MinuteMonk.com. Like the abbot in a monastery, are we willing to make the sacrifices to adapt ourselves for the benefit of the people we serve? Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Speed of Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe, Joe McLean. Joy Mignon, that's what I was coming out of my mouth. Joy Mignon is our guest. Uh, we're talking about cybersecurity, our nation secure uh, issues. That's kind of what's on the agenda right now. I, before we went to the break, we were talking about the pipeline and uh, the issues with that. Now, there was a story that came out, I think it was the end of last year, uh, especially around the time when Texas was freezing. And that was a big issue. Losing power was a problem. So how secure is our power grid? Well, there was one story, Joey, about uh, a, a CCP-linked businessman who bought over 100,000 acres of a prime Texas property, built a, a solar wind farm, not a solar farm, a wind farm, forgive me, and a, was approved at not only Texas, but at the national level, Fed level, to tie into our grid. And by the way, that facility is not all that far from an American military facility. And it just seems like this is another big security risk. So how secure is our country? And it's, you know, you might remember the fall of the Western Empire, the, the, the Visigoths, the Goths, the Vandals, wave after wave until things came crumbling down. Are, are we looking at that right now? So... Uh, unfortunately, I think we're moving in that direction. We're not quite there yet. Um, but the, the point is, is that most people just don't take the, 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 these, these, these threats seriously. Um, they don't think that it will impact them, that there's any kind of ramifications for any of it. And that's part of the problem is that some people are starting to realize what the, what the big issue is here um, and that uh, China is a threat. And a lot of these things are very important. Like you, you don't think of cybersecurity and changing your passwords until, you know, you can't get, you know, can't go to the gas station and put gas in your car. Um, so, and I mean, all these people have home, they do things at home too, but when they go to work, they don't think about these things and it's an aging infrastructure and that's part of the problem. Uh, and I know the Trump administration tried to take it very seriously. It appears that the Biden administration isn't doing nearly as much or taking it nearly as seriously, uh, as the Trump administration does. It did. Uh, I wish they would have taken it more seriously and taken it a little bit further. Um, but it is very concerning that, um, and they've, uh, there's been some executive orders uh, signed over the last few days to try and uh, remedy this, uh, in, in making it mandatory for um, critical infrastructure to have things like two fa- multi-factor authentication, which means you would have to type in your password and uh, a one-time code or you know things like that. 
so they're they're trying to make steps, but you know these are things that have existed other places in in the military for uh, ten years now. We've had multi like two factor or multi factor authentication, and now we're just starting. And this is just for power and and gas, but people don't think of you know your the health system, the networks that run your run healthcare and hospitals. Uh, there's a lot of these systems that are interconnected and they're online and they uh, rely on network access. So today it was a, uh, or, you know, last week it was a, a, a gas pipeline. Tomorrow it could be, you know, the health system in central Florida or LA or in Dallas. Uh, so these are, these are real threats and I think they need to start taking them a whole heck of a lot more seriously uh, before other things happen. And because of the behavior that they they implemented by giving them money, I think it's only going to increase the likelihood of these attacks moving forward. There uh, is a large concern, I would say, a growing concern even, out of the U.S. military and those who have served or who are serving. Of course, as I said at the top of this conversation, yesterday the, the, re, the story broke that the uh, one of the space commanders, I think it was 11th Squadron, was relieved and is under investigation for comments that he made during a podcast dur- about a book he wrote that was, and essentially his comments were uh, targeted to Marxist ideologies within the American military st- infrastructure. Um, last time I checked, as a country, we are against Marxism. Um, so he shouldn't have run afoul, but he did, and is now under investigation and could possibly lose his command. Oh, outright. So there's that. Let me just read a couple of headlines to you. And I want to get your take as a man who served our country overseas even. These are just headlines. We don't have to read the details of the stories. This is the headlines. Just let this sink in for a moment. Uh, as conservatives are aggressively purged from the military, transgenders join in overwhelming numbers. That's one headline. Here's another one. Acting Navy Secretary tasks team to promote diversity, equity, and inclusion. Here's another one. U.S. Army is prioritizing climate change to align with President Biden's agenda. A serious threat. I mean, there's a bunch of them. This is a whole bunch of stories that have headlines similar to this. Now, it might be sensational. Fine. Uh, I'll, I'll give that. But at the end of the day, isn't the American military's job to secure our country and to face the threats that we face uh, with the ability to, to win whatever conflicts we must face at the end of the day? What say you, Joy Mignon? I think there's a, a, a big concern amongst a lot of, uh, I would say, mili- current military members that don't agree with this. So th- that thought process, if you disagree with, you know, the 1619 Project, which is what um, uh, the lieutenant colonel that was relieved. Lohmeyer, kind of advoca- yeah. Yeah, that was, he was advocating against uh, uh, the 1619 Project and, and Marxism and some of the ideologies that he's seeing in um, uh in the military are starting to be espoused from, from civilian leadership and then kind of trickling down to the senior military leadership. So he was, he, he was on a podcast talking about it uh, and he had written a book. So basically he was kind of plugging his new book, but that book he had already submitted to the DOD and they said that there was no issue with it. So he was, this wasn't a surprise uh, to, it shouldn't have been a surprise to anyone. So the fact that this, this kind of this backlash and he was relieved. Now, the other thing I read was that it was largely at the behest of the secretary of the air force, uh, and the, the the Secretary of Defense was unaware of what was really going on. So there's going to be some fallout there, but this shouldn't have been a surprise, and this shouldn't have have happened. He shouldn't have been relieved for uh, for for cause. And I think they cited lack of confidence in his leadership ability is what they did. Uh, so you're seeing a purge of 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 anti uh, communism 
thought from, which is a good thing, we want anti-communist, anti-Marxist thought within our U.S. military because their primary job is to engage the enemies of the United States and destroy them. That's the purpose. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a, it's, it's, we don't get around and, and hold hands and, you know, sing Kumbaya and, you know, <laughs> it, that's not the primary purpose. If you do that stuff and you have friends and you make lifetime friends and you get skills, that's great. But the primary focus of the military is to engage and destroy the enemies of the United States. That's it. Um, so the, the the constant push to to, to embrace some of these uh, more left-leaning ideologies is, is concerning because other militaries in the world are still focused on what their militaries are supposed to be doing, um, which is what I just said. And uh, the Chinese military is actually doing the complete opposite of this. They're purging all of that stuff, which is ironic if you think about it. Uh, the, the, the Chinese Communist Party is purging all of the kind of woke uh socially liberal uh, ideologies from their own military while the US military is just embracing it full force and running headlong into that wall it seems like this type of uh direction would make us less capable uh rather than more capable at a time when arguably we need to be at our best because things are seem rather intense these days you have china uh, with outright incursions not just in the South China Sea, but all over. Their fishing fleets are being sent into Latin America there. There are coast guards in, in Peru that are trying to fend, uh, defend themselves against these Chinese incursions. Uh, you have the Russian military uh, massing on the border of Ukraine again. I mean, there's just so many examples uh, of, of this is a time to take very seriously. The, the conflict in the Middle East is another example of that. Everything feels like it's on a powder keg and ready to blow, and we're more focused on Climate change in the military? Really? I thought the military was supposed to fight wars. Well, that's what most Americans think. And uh, most people that still join the military still try to, to align with that. But there's been a big, uh, a, a big push to kind of wokeify the, the military and um, make it a kinder, gentler force that is more in line with uh, the left's ideology for what they, what they perceive the world should be. Uh, and this kind of progressive thought. So uh, there are a lot of threats in the, in the, within the world. There's a lot of things that are kind of on that precipice of we don't really, really quite know which way it's going to go. It could turn into nothing or it could, you know, tomorrow we could wake up and hear news of all kinds of things happening. And the fact that they, the, instead of focusing on readiness um, and training and and kind of sharpening that, that pointy end of the spear, we're focusing on largely domestic policy type issues that don't really have a, have a big impact on it. And we're trying to convince people that the, that the U S military is, uh, this soft fuzzy thing and it really has never been, and it's not supposed to be that. that and that's kind of one of the, the, the big problems. And that's why you're going to start to see, I mean, retention is already pretty low. A lot of people are getting out uh, because they don't want to be involved in, in that. That's not, that that's not what the military is, and that's what a lot of and I have a lot of friends uh, friends that I've known for you know, over ten years that are um, that are getting out, and these aren't like new soldiers, new you know new military members. These are people that have multiple combat deployments that have uh, ten to fifteen to seventeen years of of experience, and a lot of them are getting out. So when that leadership vacuum uh, uh, is created, it's going to get filled with. I don't know what. So you're losing a lot of experience. And that's part of the problem is that if something were to happen and all this leadership and all this experience gets out of the military, um, it, it, it severely degrades your warfighting capabilities on land, sea, and air. 
I think it speaks to the, the broader topic of our nation's security. I mean, going back to the cybersecurity issues, you know, so we're seeing, we're seeing these uh, weak spots on all the fronts. And I think these headlines, for me, as a guy who served in the military, um, this seems to accentuate the crisis that seems to be growing, that we are headed towards a, in a direction that won't be good for our country, let alone for the world. Because who's going to stand up to China if, I mean, right now, the Philippines are trying to stand up to China. I mean, their president's been making strong statements against China and their incursions into his space. Um, but really, without the United States, how does anyone stand up to the power that has become China? It becomes very troubling uh, to consider that. We're just about out of time. Joy Mignot has been our guest. Final thoughts, Joy, on uh, our nation's security? You know, to tee off of the last thing you just said is that, you know, for the last 50 years, we've played the world's kind of police force. And a lot of countries have been dependent upon the United States for that security, for that that, that defense mechanism. And a lot of countries are going to have to start stepping up and defending their own borders and their own ideologies. Uh, and I think this is a, a great time for that to start happening. Um, it's a sad state of affairs that the United States has declined uh, so far that other nations are going to have to start doing that. But it also, at the end of the day, it's time for a lot of them to start stepping up. So uh, I think there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. There's hope. We can fix a lot of these things. We can start being a leader in the world again, um, depending on what happens over the next few years. But, uh, you know, silver lining is that other people are starting to wake up and take these threats seriously as well. All right, Joy Mignol, co-host of Intersections with... Bree Dale on Mondays, 8 a.m. Central across this network. Thank you, Joy, for your time today. God bless you and God love you. Thanks for having me. That is going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. We always have prayer, fasting, and penance. Those are weapons in our arsenal. Amen. Let's use them. In the next hour, if you can join us, we have a game show and prizes are involved. Please join us. GRNonline.com forward slash CDT. God bless you and God love you. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. I have a friend who says that baptism is a symbolic act and that it has nothing to do with salvation. How can I answer him? Simple. Show him what the Bible says. Nowhere does the Bible say that baptism is merely a symbolic act. That passage simply does not exist. But the Bible does say this about baptism. In Ezekiel 36, verses 25 to 27, it says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses. A new heart I will give you, and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will put my spirit within you. Here in the Old Testament, we have a foreshadowing of New Testament baptism. In the New Testament, Acts 2, verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. No symbolic language here. The book of Acts says, Be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Ezekiel says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from your uncleannesses. The book of Acts says, And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel says, And I will put my spirit within you. Do you begin to see how God in the Old Covenant was preparing us for what He gives us in the New Covenant? Acts twenty-two sixteen. And now why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. 
What body was that? The body of Christ. 1 Peter 3.21, baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. Scripture simply does not support the non-Catholic notion that baptism is symbolic. Scripture does, however, very clearly and directly support the Catholic teaching that baptism saves us, that baptism makes us members of the body of Christ, that baptism washes away sin, and that through baptism we receive the Holy Spirit just as the church teaches. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. It is great to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. Welcome back to the show. We just wrapped up a great conversation with Joy Mignon, uh, a veteran from the U.S. Army, talking about cybersecurity, uh, but also having a bigger conversation about the direction our country seems to be going, military security, national security issues. Uh, it seems to be very concerning. So we were trying to have a conversation around that as two guys who had served in the military, two Catholics. And we're going to be posting that conversation Later today on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Rumble, elsewhere. Um, where else do you post that? Yeah, good morning to you, Adrian Fonseca. So, like, give us the list. What's the rundown? Uh, the rundown is Facebook, uh, the Catholic Drive Time Facebook page, the Rumble Catholic Drive Time channel, YouTube on Catholic Drive Time, and I believe that's it. I think those are the three that I've been posting to. You know, I've kind of I'm giving up on like Parlor. It's, it's not like, working. It's just it's not working. Not, I get no value out of it Rumble, whatsoever. We get a our best video on Rumble has a uh, hundred and twenty views, but LifeSite gets thousands of views. I don't Rumble. know what it is. I don't know either. Well, they push it they because push. they got kicked off of YouTube, so <laughs> they they push it nonstop. Yeah. You go to their email list; it's pushing Rumble the whole time. Yeah. So yeah, who knows? But uh, here's another thing you could do. You could always just go right to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, and you can watch the video live. So if you want to hang out with us live, you can do that right on our website now. Praise be to God. You can also find the links to all of these platforms linked up right there. And we post the YouTube playlist videos right on our website as well. So you can just go there for the most part. And hang out. You can even get the the podcast is there as well. So everything is there. GRNonline.com forward slash CDT. And I'm pretty excited. Today we are going to be, uh, after the show, we're going to be interviewing Dr. Paul Kengor. He wrote a book called The Devil and Karl Marx. And I've been going through this book. And it's a hammer blow. I mean, it is a hammer blow. And we're going to have an, a protracted conversation with him. We'll play a part of that conversation next week. Uh, we'll, we're going to record it today. We'll play a portion of it next week during the show. 
but the whole interview will be made just to those people on our email list. So if you would like to get an advanced copy of that entire interview, not just the portion we'll play on the show next week, but the whole thing about Marxism and uh, the communist infiltrations and all of that, then be sure to be on our email list. And you can do that by going to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, and you'll be able to sign up there, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. The other way to do it is to simply pull out your cell phone and text the letters GRN to the number 42828. Text the letters GRN to the number 42828. All right. Janelle, good morning to you. Good morning. Praise be to God. Uh, so back in the intern chair there, how do you feel about that? Oh, I feel um, very, I uh, like the name of the game show, Fear and Trembling. Yeah. <laughs> That's coming up. In fact, uh, we're very excited to continue to play Fear and Trembling. And uh, yesterday you did pretty good. So you've gotten yourself comfortable in that role, I suppose. So today ought to be a lot of fun. Oh, yes, yes. I'm looking very forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, we are too. By the way, the sponsor is brightlyhued.com. That's brightlyhued.com. They're giving away 13, uh, it's a, no, it's a 10 sticker set, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And it's quite, uh, lovely, actually. These are big, beautiful, bright, uh, Catholic images that you can put on all kinds of things. These aren't cheap stickers. These are pretty awesome stickers. Uh, so thank you, brightlyhued.com, for sponsoring our game show. All right, let's dive in. We're going to do the news. It's all good news this hour, plus Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and we're going to play the game show all coming up in this first half hour. In the next half hour, we will do the after show where you, our dear audience, get to drive the conversation. Whatever you want to talk about, that's what we will talk about. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, um, O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headline news. Catholic News Agency reports polyglot priest beatified after miraculous healing of unborn baby. Blessed Johann Baptiste Jordan, also known by his religious name of Francis Mary of the Cross, was declared blessed during a mass offered by Rome's Vicar General Cardinal Angelo di Donatus at the Archbasilica of St. John Lateran, Rome, on Saturday. Pope Francis approved the beatification of Francis Mary of the Cross last summer after recognizing a miracle through his intercession involving the unborn child of a couple in Brazil. The couple, who are lay members of the Salvatorian family, asked for Francis Mary of the Cross's intercession for the healthy birth of their child after she was diagnosed with a severe form of skeletal dysplasia during the 23rd week of pregnancy. Months later, the baby girl was born completely healthy on September the 8th, 2014, the anniversary of Blessed Francis Mary of the Cross. Now six years old, she attended the Beatification Mass with her family. 
Now, Blessed Francis Mary of the Cross, he was uh, born to a poor family in a German village in 1848. And though he struggled with sciences, he quickly showed his his skill for foreign languages. In fact, he would uh, present an essay for his graduation in eight European languages as well as another essay with four additional languages. He would be ordained in Freiburg in 1878 and was sent to Rome to study Syrian, Armenian, Coptic, Arabic, Hebrew, and Greek. Blessed Francis Mary of the Cross, pray for us. According to the Catholic News, Herald Sunday Mass obligation resumes Pentecost Sunday for the Diocese of Charlotte. No more masks, social distancing required. Parishes may return to near-normal operations effective immediately, the Diocese of Charlotte has announced following the state and federal officials' move to relax COVID-19 restrictions. Catholics' obligation to attend Sunday Mass is also being reinstated effective Pentecost Sunday, May 23rd, although some important exceptions will remain. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control announced May 13th that people who have been vaccinated against COVID-19 no longer need to wear face coverings or follow social distancing norms under most circumstances. North Carolina's requirement for masks and social distancing were similarly dropped on May 14th. Catholic news agencies reports Patriarch Pizabala asks Catholics to pray for peace and justice in the Israel-Gaza conflict. Patriarch Pizabala has urged Catholics worldwide to pray for peace and justice as violence racks the Holy Land. The Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem issued the appeal for prayers on May 18th as the death toll mounts in the Israel-Gaza conflict. Quote, Altogether, therefore, as one body, we should be committed to raise our prayer to the Lord, our Father, for all his children of the Holy Land, unquote. The 56-year-old church leader who was appointed Latin Patriarch in October also issued a reflection on the causes of the current conflict, which has claimed more than 200 lives. Pizabala said that the fighting was just the latest in eruption, in a cycle of violence between Israelis and Palestinians. He says, quote, Unfortunately, this is not the first time, and I fear not even the last, in which we will have to deal with the explosions of violence and war in the Holy Land. Unquote. He commented to EWTN News. And those are your headline news. The saint of the day is Blessed William of Toulouse. William of Toulouse was born to the French nobility in 1297 in Toulouse, France. He joined the Augustinian order in Toulouse, uh, France, at the age of 19, and he studied there and in Paris. He quickly became the, uh, the prior of the Augustinian house of Pamiers, France. He acted as a spiritual director, an exorcist, and most importantly, he a noted popular preacher in Toulouse, whose sermons brought many to religious life. He promoted devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary under the title of the Sorrowful Mother and for praying for the souls in purgatory. He was known for his simple life. He was deeply spiritual in his preaching and in his writing and in his own prayer life. None of his sermons have survived to this day and his only writings which we have are the visions he had of the punishments in purgatory and of hell. He died on May 18th 1369 in Toulouse, France, of natural causes. He did so many miracles that his uh, at his grave that he was reinterred in the monastery church. 
He was beatified by Pope Leo XIII in 1893. Blessed William of Toulouse, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 17, verses 1 through 11. Jesus raised his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Give glory to your Son, so that your Son may glorify you, just as you gave him authority over all people, so that your Son may give eternal life to all you gave him. Now this is eternal life, that they should know you, the only true God, and the one whom you sent, Jesus Christ. I glorified you on earth by accomplishing the work that you gave me to do. Now glorify me, Father, with you, with the glory that I had with you before the world began. I revealed your name to those whom you gave me out of the world. They belonged to you, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you gave me is from you, because the words you gave to me I have given to them, and they accepted them, and truly understood that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for the ones you have given me, because they are yours, and everything of mine is yours, and everything of yours is mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I will no longer be in the world, but they are in the world, while I am coming to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Look how personal the Lord makes this. You know, that was a, a, a very clearly distinct thing in this prayer and in his time. It must have been shocking to those that might have even heard it, how personal that relationship is with God, the Father. They couldn't even say Father, but one time a year, and only the, the high priest. Think about that. They couldn't even say that. And he makes it so intimate and so personal. Clear contrast in this personal relationship with the Father than that of the, the pagans around them. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, the, the thing that I wanted to focus on is the passage, I do not pray for the world, but for the ones you have given me. Now, this isn't very important. And Cornelius Lapide, whenever he was writing, he was writing during uh, the Protestant Reformation had already been booming across the world. And so he was responding to this and he's saying, you know, these heresies that the Protestants are bringing up now are nothing new. These exact same heresies were being brought up during the time of Augustine. And we dealt with these. He said that the uh, Calvinist and Luther will take this passage and they'll make it sound like the, uh, he'll, I'll just read what he said. He said, quote, this heresy was renewed by John Huss and Martin Luther. And then what heresy is that? The heresy is that they taught that Christ prayed only for the predestinate and that therefore whatever sins they committed could not hurt them and that no good works could be of avail for the reprobate. What does this mean? That means they're saying that uh, when you're predestined, there is nothing you can do to lose your salvation. And there is nothing you can do if God has predestined you to hell, then there's nothing you can do to merit heaven. There's nothing you can do to get to heaven. And Cornelius Lapide is saying, no, this is a heresy. Do not believe this. He said, no. In fact, it is clear here that our Lord here, when he says that he's praying for you and not the world, he's referring back to the apostles. Because later on in verse 20, 
it's clear that he is praying for everyone else and that he even prays for his murderers. And so our Lord provides his people with the sacraments, which are the ordinary means of salvation, so that all may be saved. All right. Praise be to God. That is going to do it for the Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and the Reflection. What comes now is the Fear and Trembling Trivia Game Show. And today, it is all Easy Question Tuesday, apparently. I mean, these are these are pretty straightforward, easy questions. So if you want to be a contestant, possibly win this week's prize, well, praise be to God, all you have to do is call right now, 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Call right now. Looking for our caller at 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Fear and Trimbling is next. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read Scripture. Read the Catechism. Listen to Apologetics tapes. Listen to Catholic Radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5, verse 10. Do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes, and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, the sacraments, all in rapid fire success. Session. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and do not share this with anyone. But we like to do a few things on the show. We like to teach a little bit about the faith. So you always tend to learn some things that you did not know before. Praise be to God. We like to have a laugh in the process. So our contestants always tend to be, you know, really good sports and a lot of fun. 
and then we give out prizes, and that makes it even more awesome for everyone involved. So praise be to God for that. Now, here's the deal if you're just joining us. I have three Catholic trivia questions. These are official questions. I'm showing them to the calendar for those, or the camera, rather, for those that are hanging out with us on live video. They are official questions, but I do not ask the audience the questions. Instead, I ask those here in the studio. I am going to ask Janelle, and I'm going to ask Adrian, and one of them will be right, and the other will be wrong. And then every right answer, the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to decide who do they trust, which one, and every right answer will go into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. And the prize sponsor this week is BrightlyHued.com, BrightlyHued.com. They are generously underwriting our game show, and they're giving out a pack of 10 Beautiful stickers. Now, these stickers, they are not the cheap ones. These are beautiful, high-end, quality Catholic stickers with a Sacred Heart image, Our Lady, uh, St. Joseph, and many, many more. And these would be lovely additions to your your back of your phone, your uh, your laptop, your coffee mug, whatever. And just think about the seeds you'll plant with these wonderful, beautiful Catholic art stickers, high-end stickers from BrightlyHued.com. Thank you for generously underwriting our show. All right, for those that called in and tried to, thanks for doing that. We're very grateful to you. Please try call back tomorrow. You'll you may be able to get in tomorrow, but let's go to the phones now and uh, take Michael. Good morning to you. Thanks for calling in and being a part of our program. Good morning, Joseph, Adrian, and Janelle. Wow, that's the heck of a old school radio voice you got there, Michael. Where are you from? San Antonio. Now where do you go to church? I go to uh, St. Monica's. Hey, now. Praise be to God. Well, we're glad to have you from St. Monica's in San Antonio. The weather is fair there, or did you guys get pummeled with the rain? No, we didn't get pummeled, just a lot of wind. Yeah, not. but we got, we got a lot of water coming falling from the sky here. But So we're grateful to you, Michael. Now, have you played before, or are you familiar with the game? I did play before, back I thought in so. January. I thought so. Yeah, it's been a while. I had a... I had trouble with, you guys couldn't hear me, my connection was going in and out. Oh, that's right. Yeah, now I remember. Well, welcome back to the show. Hopefully your connection will be solid this time. Are you ready to play? I'm ready. Now, lucky for you, I think it's all easy questions on Tuesday, so I think this ought to be good. Janelle, we will start with you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes, I am. Are you sure? Yes, I am. Janelle, can you tell me? Who wiped the face of Jesus on his way to Calvary? Ooh, who wipes the face of Jesus on his way to Calvary? I am really sure that it's Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene. Okay. You know, she okay. she definitely wiped mm-hmm. some body Something. part of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, could be. It's, yeah. it's reasonable. Let's just see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me who wiped the face of Jesus on his way to Calvary? You know, I think that was actually Veronica. Veronica? I'm going to say Veronica. Okay. That's your that's your answer. Veronica. It's my final answer. All it may right. not be my only answer. So Adrian is on the hook for Veronica, and uh, Janelle is on the hook for Mary Magdalene. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Michael, what say you? I got to go with Adrian. Survey says... Excellent. Yes. Excellent. Duh. I mean, Veronica's failed. Like, we all knew that. That's pretty easy, right, Michael? 
Yeah, pretty Pretty straightforward. Congratulations, by the way. You are now officially in the coffee cup of divine providence. We're going to have Janelle write your name on a little sticker and put your name into the cup so that if it's on Friday, it's God's will, your name might be pulled out. But you got two more chances here to increase your odds. So let's uh, let's go back to Adrian this time. Uh Uh-oh. Adrian, can you tell me? There's the music I'm looking for. Adrian, can you tell me where did Moses... Receive the Ten Commandments. Uh, yes. Moses received the Ten Commandments on a mountain. Can you be and, more specific? And that mountain is Mount Vesuvius. I was looking for the, the geo coordinates, but okay. So uh, Mount you know, Vesuvius geo, is your answer. Geo coordinates, a little, little difficult. I'm going to go with Mount Vesuvius for, uh, for my final answer. For your final answer, Mount Vesuvius. Okay. Let's see what Janelle has to say. Okay, so well, Janelle, can you tell me where did Moses receive the Ten Commandments? Ooh, I'm pretty sure that it's Mount Sinai. You're pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Like how? How sure? I'd say 85% sure. You're 85% sure that it's Mount Sinai. Oh yeah. Okay, so Janelle is on the hook for Mount Sinai, and Adrian is on the hook for Mount Vesuvius. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Michael, what say you? Janelle. Survey says... Duh. Yeah, pretty straightforward, I right, Michael? I feel like he, he already knew these answers. Like, you're pretty confident. Yeah. These are very easy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Easy. yeah. Let's see if we can throw... Uh, I don't know. Is this, is this one going to be challenging? I'm not sure this is challenging, to be honest with you. I think all three Who of these knows? are pretty easy. Maybe like, it's the only one he doesn't know. Do, it's like I feel like I have no consistency in picking these questions. I either <laughs> go too hard or too soft, I feel. But uh, let's see what uh, how we do on this third one here. You're in the cup twice, though, Michael. You're doing very well. We're going to go back to Janelle this time. Janelle, can you tell me who was the son of the priest Zacharias and Elizabeth? Who was the son? I'm pretty sure I know this. I'm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am 100% sure. Okay. That it's Lazarus. You're 100% sure. Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me who was the son of the priest Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth? Um, that would be. I'm gonna go with John the Baptist. You, you're the founder of the Baptist religion, you know? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I have people tell me that, though. Okay, now, Janelle was 100% sure that it was Lazarus, but you're saying it's John the Baptist. Si, senor. All right. So Adrian is on the hook for John the Baptizer, and uh, Janelle is on the hook for Lazarus. I don't know Lazarus' yeah. first or last name, but Lazarus. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Michael, what say you? Adrian. <laughs> Survey says. You love to hear it. Duh. You love to hear it. <laughs> Yo, Adrian. Now, that wasn't tricky either, was it, Michael? No, no. No. Yeah, we, these were all We got to come easy. up with something harder, I would say. Let's see here. Uh, do I have any harder ones? Like, how about this one? What was the eighth? Co- what What did the eighth commandment forbid, Michael? Do, do you know? Yes. Uh, thou shalt not steal. Wow. Lies and harming of the name of another person was the correct answer. There you go. <laughs> Excellent. Uh-huh. Well done, Michael. You are in the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence for three tries. Uh, you, you guys 
very easy questions, I guess, and you'll have to call in another month to maybe get some more difficult ones. But yeah. but congratulations. Congratulations. Thank if it you. be God's will, your name will be pulled out of the cup on Friday. How do you feel about that? Amen. Now, what's, on, what's on your agenda today, Michael? Where are you headed? Uh, I work at a middle school, so I, I just got here. I'll be going into work. Excellent. Praise be to God. Well, we'll be praying for your day and for all those that you'll be serving today at the school. And uh, God bless you. We're going to put you on hold. And we love the Rocky references. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. uh, and Adrian or Janelle will get your phone number in case it's God's will, and we'll be able to put you in touch with the uh, show sponsor, the, sp- the prize sponsor, which is brightlyhued.com. God bless you, Michael. Have a great day. Awesome. Thank you, y'all, too. All right. Take care. I'm all right. So that is going to do it for the radio side of the show today. Um, a lot of fun. Boy, those were too easy, though. I'm going to oh, have to come up with something easy. harder. The easiest questions you could have picked. Like I lack consistency here. As you, I, should, I, you need a, you need a blend, like one really difficult one and then two easy. I feel ones. like I either go way too hard because I really think they're teachable moments, or in this case, all three of them were super pretty straightforward. But that's all right. Praise God, it's a lot of fun anyway. Uh, we're going to go into the after show here in a moment. What will happen on the radio though is the Holy Mass. Uh, we are going to be broadcasting a mass out of. Corpus Christi, Texas, with the Salts. And if you are going to attend Mass today or listen to Mass or hang out, please do us a favor. Keep us in your prayers. We'd be very grateful to you. If you can join us in the after show, we would love to have you. All you need to do is be on a live video feed. And you can do that on YouTube or you could do that on Facebook or even on our website. And don't forget to join our email list because we're going to be interviewing Paul Kengor today. We're going to record that interview. He wrote the book, uh, the Devil and Karl Marx, and I've been going through it, and it's pretty heavy. It's pretty intense to realize the roots and the foundation of communism, of socialism, is uh, pretty diabolical, and it's very well, uh, it's very well written and researched. Let me put it that way. So we're going to have that conversation today. We'll play a small snippet of that conversation next week during the show. But the whole conversation, an hour long of it, will be provided to you in our, through our email list. So you need to be on the email list, and you can do that on grnonline.com forward slash cdt. grnonline.com forward slash cdt. All right? So praise be to God. Tomorrow, new lineup tomorrow. This whole week is going to have some pretty incredible guests. And so I'm very excited about that. If you could uh, be sure to tune us in every single day, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Boy, I think you're going to be delighted. And share us with friends. Cy Kellep from Catholic Answers is coming on. And then we're going to talk to Verboom possibly later this week, Patrick Truman, and many more. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where we get a bit more casual about our conversation. Whatever you want to talk about, that's what's on our agenda today. So please be sure to comment with your questions, comments, anything you'd like, 
any in any direction you want to go, you're welcome to do it. We will uh, we'll we'll let you drive this conversation on the back end. So you can do that on Facebook, on Twitter, or actually, I don't even know. We still don't know if you can capture nope, comments can't comment on, on Twitter. So <laughs> I guess that's out. You could comment on the post, right? Uh, yes, you, you could, could always that. comment yeah, on the could, post. I suppose that. just not on the video. Uh, Mike K, good morning to you. Glenn Trahan, good morning to you. Uh, Glenn says Facebook was down for him. You know, I think I have a feeling I'm being shadow banned by Facebook. I've had issues with Facebook over the past year and a half. And every time I jump on Facebook, it's like no matter where I'm at, at home or here, it takes forever to even get up and running. Like it just sits there a blank white screen no matter what I do. And even on the phone, it's it's troubling. And then I hardly see anything that I used to see before in my feed. And I don't know. I don't even spend that much time on Facebook anymore. <laughs> Lori said Mount Des Deceivious. Mount Deceivious. That would have been That's a hilarious. great answer. How That's can we hilarious. think of that? Mike K., again, good morning to you. Pocahontas, Christopher Velasquez, Jeff Burrier, and Genevieve, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Um, on oh, Genevieve said that Adrian is really good at the game show. Thanks, Genevieve. Yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> Gloria, good morning to you. Luz, good morning. Josh Knoll, good morning. Lori, it's good to see you guys here. Of course, Don. Don brings up the question, the question of the after show. I'll come back to that in one moment. Um, I think it is going to be the central conversation of the after show oh, today. Great. Joaquin, good morning to you. Not looking forward to it. Paul Stasel, good morning. Maureen, it's good to see you here. And then, of course, uh, our friend Christopher Chance and Jesus Robles. Good morning. Uh, Chris had a great comment as well. Chris uh, wanted to point out that um, he said, hashtag. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Was that a good Jesus point? A I'm not sure point. that was a good point. It's a great point. It's quite brilliant, really. I don't know that that's a good point. I mean, it's a point, but. Come on, man. Come on, man. Buddy, good morning to you. And Patty, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Bruce Tolman, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Melanie said, uh, good morning. Super easy questions. Yeah, yeah. Super easy, right? You said hi to Paul and Maureen. Yeah, good morning. Uh, Jesus Robles says, I lose my hair when I get stressed, but Adrian, you lost your beard. <laughs> what happened, buddy? <laughs> Ouch. That, Ouch. That was the same question uh, Don had. <laughs> Don was the first person to Don was bring like, up what? my beard. Good morning. What happened to the beard? Yeah. Well, there you go, folks. What happened to the beard? See, I'm just not even going to put my face on camera now. Mm? I'm just like mm? hiding my face. What? Uh, what happened to the beard? Long story short, um, I went and got a haircut yesterday. Mm-hmm. And they were like, it's another $10 to trim your beard. And I was like, ah, I don't want to spend $10 to trim my beard. I'll do it myself. So I got home and I went to go trim my beard and I accidentally shaved off a piece. <laughs> and I was like, and at that point, I was like, well, I, I have now gone to the point of no return. And so I've done that. And so I was like, okay, I guess I'm going clean shaven. So I shaved it all off. And then, yeah. and then to make matters worse, so think this isn't the, this isn't the, the end of the story. It gets worse. So I'm gonna turn sideways. You'll see my sideburns are all the way up my hairline because I was gonna cut it right here at the ear, halfway through my ear line. Yeah. 
but then I shaved it too high. And so I had to go to the oh, other no. side and shave it. But then I went too high again. <laughs> <laughs> Until my sideburns were like on top of my head. Oh, um, so that's, that is why I am clean shaven. I, uh, yeah, I've done that before. You're, you're in good company there for sure. Now I've, uh, good times. I've, um, I've cut my own hair now for many years. And uh, the, here's a pro-level tip. You take the, uh, the clippers, the automatic clippers, and you flip them over with no guard on, and you, you put it right where you want it, and then you go downwards. And then usually you, you're going with the earlobe. It's like you line it up on a part of your ear. So this well, way you get it the same on so both sides. I did do that, uh-huh, but uh-huh, the problem uh-huh. was I yeah. had missed a piece, and mm-hmm. when I went back to get it, mm-hmm. I then and shaved it, uh, ended up going a little bit higher. So, what's up with that? <laughs> Come yeah. on, man! I know. I look like I look like I'm 12. Uh, Lori said it looks good, Adrian. So thank you, Lori. I'm glad somebody <laughs> thinks so. I think I look like I'm 12. Uh, uh, I might be like two years old. Yes, it's sir. It's very strange. Yes, sir. Now uh, let's see here. Glenn says he was excited to hear about Patrick Truman's going to be on. Yes, I haven't talked to Patrick Truman in a very long time. Patrick Truman. He is uh, he is the founder of the National Center for Sexual Exploitation. He I had him on years ago when he was <laughs> what now when he was in town what 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 <laughs> Paul said <laughs> spend the ten bucks Paul Six said spend the, the ten bucks <laughs> <laughs> just do it and Stop Maureen fussing. said Maureen said spend, spend the ten dollars don't do it next time. <laughs> Uh, my mom is probably listening right now or she's gonna listen later and she's gonna be like i told him he should have spent the 10 bucks no, stop being cheap. it's not just 10 bucks though when i was in the military it was 10 bucks every marine corps base right outside the base is a hair is a, a barber shop where you can walk in and five minutes later have walked out having spent the 10 bucks with a great high and tight Okay, that doesn't High exist. Yeah, that doesn't exist anymore. You got to spend twelve to fifteen bucks, and you spend an hour waiting in line to get this haircut that should take seven and a half seconds to give. Okay, oh my goodness. So if okay. it was only ten bucks, fine, great, I'll spend the ten bucks. Well, but if I have to wait an hour as well, uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm doing it at home by myself. Thank you. I didn't I'll have keep to wait at all. There's like no wait, but I didn't want to spend an extra ten dollars after spending. 20 on the haircut <laughs> leave it but, to the professionals but yeah i was about to read that <laughs> buddy said hair care is not a diy leave it to the professionals and don <laughs> said we will take up a collection and, <laughs> and Lori said and what did we learn eric rodriguez says okay hashtag okay. baby face oh that's not yeah I have to now card him before he comes in the building just to make Ooh, sure. Man. Come on, man. What are we talking about? So now dude? I'm probably going to get carded every time I yeah. am at a restaurant now, <laughs> and it's going to be great. Awesome time. Amen. So, David yep, L. Yep. wants to know uh, why that my camera and my mouth do not do not work together, but when everybody else's uh, does. Come on, man. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, uh, what's up with that there, Mr. Adrian Producer? Why is my camera the worst one out of everybody's? Hmm. Uh, well, good question. Thank you from uh, David in New Hampshire, by the way. Excellent, very intuitive question. I have no idea, Adrian to be Fonseca. honest, because mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. Uh, on the recording, it's synced up. But I guess on the stream, it's not. I don't know. That's very weird, because in the recording, we're all synced up, but the Zoom is out of sync. Because there's a delay in the Zoom chat, and so usually if you watch the the replay of the of the uh, show, the Zoom 
uh, guest is out of sync. It's like a couple second delayed, but we're all in sync, including Joe. Uh, the fact that he's not in sync on the live stream is kind of weird. Um, I don't know. Now, I have been accused of not being in sync for a long time, though. Well, that's so you know. that's talk. He's talking. They're talking about the band. Okay, I got it. You've the never, NSYNC, you're never the been the boy in band. NSYNC. Yes, <laughs> the you've ne- never been there. Hashtag the Nino. <laughs> that's great. By the way, Jonah says uh, you're he's your number one fan now. Hey, thanks, Jonah. See, uh, this is the uh, I shave and Jonah becomes my number one fan. I think that's what it was. Praise be to God. I think that's what it was. Now, uh, just so you know, David from New Hampshire, um, the. Most I wish I could. We need a wide angle. We I used to have a wide angle. Well, there's a camera sitting over here doing nothing. We need to turn it back into a wide angle so you could see the whole studio. Now here's a secret that I don't tell anybody outside of the studio. I do more with web cameras than anyone else on planet Earth, bar none. There's literally no one on planet Earth who has taken the Logitech webcam to its nth degree like I have. Uh, I have five of them. No, how many are we using right now? One, two, three, four, five. There's five in this studio. And we learned very quickly, Adrian and I, how far we can push things before they start to break stuff. And then we learned to duct tape that and keep going. <laughs> Wouldn't you say? Yes. And, uh, yep. I mean, there's, there's, there's ways to make things work. Um, and there's ways to make things work well. <laughs> and, then um, the, and then there's the way I do stuff. <laughs> And that's somewhere somewhere below those two. <clears throat> so uh, the answer is um, we are we you know being in the five hundred one c three and not having a uh, a budget equivalent to that of like the networks. We try to do what we can with the donor dollars that we raise and ask for and be res- res- as responsible as we possibly can with those donor dollars. So we have opted to maximize the use of web cameras. I wish I could show them to you. Maybe we can take that camera and turn it around just to kind of show you how we, how we do this. But because of where the computer is that runs the stream, there's a long distance between my camera and that one. The other problem is this camera is a 4K camera and probably requires a bit more bandwidth. So we have to boost the signal between here and there, which causes some delay. Now, uh, ideally and possibly in the future, uh, Adrian can switch that camera. I'm not sure. Uh, ideally, possibly in the future, what we could do, and we plan to do, but it's not cheap, that's the problem, is upgrade our system to an HDMI base, something maybe like a, a Blackmagic system, uh, which uh, includes the camera gear as well as the ATEM switcher, all of that. That would get us to a very high quality level of video production. But unfortunately, as I said, it's just not inexpensive. You know, the quality is really high. But it's not inexpensive, and we have to get there. So we're working on that. But in the meantime, most people, now that you guys are super fans, you're, you're hanging out with us in the after show, so I'm going to let you in on the secrets. But uh, now that you know, say, look, at, look how we, we tape the cameras to those stands, too. Yeah, I literally taped them there because every time we'd have to move them or Joe might accidentally grab one of the cords, <laughs> it would fling the camera. Uh, I like how camera. you blame everything on me. And not just, everything. I love that. Just, just some things. And uh, the, the camera would go flinging somewhere else, so I taped them down so they wouldn't fall off. Um, so, yep. Good times. Good times. Good times. David said duct tape can fix anything. Preach, brother. Yes, Preach. but uh, we try to avoid using duct tape on the cameras because it leaves a lot of residue and makes it all sticky and gross. Yeah. So painter's tape is what we're using now. We also use a lot of um, gaffer tape, so that too. 
Yeah, I mean, Mike is asking about the budget for something like uh, a, a proper upgrade to an HDMI setup. I'm, it's somewhere between 10 and 15, I would argue, because you have to have camera bodies, you have to have lenses, plus you have batteries that you have to contend with, so you have to have power supplies. Then you have the ATM, ATM switcher and all the HDMI cabling, is, so it's, it's not an inexpensive thing. But we'll get there. I mean, it's a, it would be an incredible upgrade to our setup, and, uh, and it'll, it'll pop for sure. But I would argue... Most people, 90% of people probably don't know that I'm using Logitech webcams to run this show. And praise God for it, too. Alex said, you're inspiring me to go clean shaven myself. Don't do it, Alex. Don't shave it off. <laughs> yeah. And listen, unless, I don't know, maybe, maybe it'll look good. Uh, you're getting kind of old up there in age, Alex. Maybe it'll like put you down like 12 like me. Uh, no, the thing about shaving, though, is once you shave, you reveal you have a second chin, and you know that the, the beard is fantastic for hiding that stuff. So I would argue keep keep the beard. Hashtag keep the beard, Alex. Come on, man. What else is going on, Janelle? All right. So what's the status? Uh, we talked about this briefly. You've you've applied to be accepted into a religious community to discern. Tell us about that yes, process. That is true. So the process involves a very lengthy application packet. Um, there will be a lot of uh, medical checkups that I will have to go through, a lot of psychological checkups as well. And uh, I will be turning it in at the end of this month. They'll take some time to evaluate, and I could be joining as early as August. What, and let's assume the best here. So they accept you, and then what happens next? So there's uh, certain stages. of The whole entire stage is all about discernment. Whether you truly belong, whether God is truly calling you into the order, or maybe he's calling you somewhere else. And the first stage is post the postulancy stage. Um, sometimes that can take anywhere from one year to two years or so, I believe. Um, it depends on, of course, your own discernment process, whether maybe you need think you need more time to think about whether you want to commit um, and then move on to the next stage of the discernment process. Or maybe um, you want like it's time to go back home um, and try to um, see where the Lord is calling you. Um, after that is the novice stage that can last anywhere from, I believe, two to four years or so, I believe. Um, and then after that, um, you make your first vow, I believe, or you, you make a profession. And then after that is your first vow. And then um, every year after that, you make you can renew your vows, I believe. And the community itself, you said you are applying for the Vietnamese Dominicans yes. here in the Houston area. In the, in the Houston area, yes. Now, why, why that community? So I've actually visited other communities as well. I visited um, the um, Sisters of Mary of the Eucharist mm -hmm. in Georgetown. I know a couple of um, sisters who have hailed from that um, mother uh, order, um, they actually, some of them stay at Our Lady of Walsingham in the area. Um, I've seen others, I've met all sorts of Dominican sisters. I've been surrounded by them almost my entire life. I was actually baptized by a Dominican friar. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and uh, I was going to say, Adrian, yeah. probably to blame for your Dominican <laughs> bias here. But, oh, no. uh, you're saying prior to meeting him, you already had some Dominican bias. Yes, I did have some Dominican bias. Actually, huh. I think believe two of my uncles are Dominican friars. But so. you're saying Adrian continued the corruption after you met him. Well, um, is that I just, true? I no, would that's not, not say true. Corruption. That's not true. No, no? I actually met no. him. Um, 
because he was another I real and when I realized he was another fan of the Dominicans, we could just kind of clicked. We're like, that's awesome. We can fangirl over the Dominicans. I would together. never fangirl. <laughs> I deny. I deny. Well, now any that you don't have a beard, I don't know. I deny, <laughs> I I deny any accusations of fangirling, <laughs> and I I reject it and rebuke it. Oh man, uh, from yes. your lips to God's ear, sir, or. Shall I say? Never mind. I'm not going to go there. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know where you're going with it. <laughs> we're going to end that one right now. All right. So, uh, all right. Going back to the community, then. Oh yeah. Uh, what is uh, w- what is life like in this community on a daily basis? Well, it involves a lot of prayers. They do um, the liturgy of the hours throughout the day. Uh, morning begins in silence. Something that I like a lot. I come from a very big family, and mm. it, there is never a quiet moment. Unfortunately, <laughs> they do the um, office in Vietnamese. Yes, um, actually, it depends. I believe some days they do it in English, or maybe for the um, the postulants, because a lot of them uh, are still learning Vietnamese or learning to be more fluent in it. So they may do some of that in English, um, but it'll be a mix, I believe, of English and uh, Vietnamese, depending on the day and the, the occasion. You know, as somebody who doesn't speak Vietnamese, I've Me always, neither. I've, you don't speak Vietnamese. I'm not very well. No. Will you have to learn? Yes. Okay, because wow, that's something, isn't it? Um, Listening to the sisters chant the office is very beautiful in Vietnamese. It is. And if you've ever heard someone pray the rosary or chant the rosary in Vietnamese, it's because I, I, I don't want to use the word sing song, but it's kind of like that sing song cadence. It's very cadence. dynamic. It's very um, it's chant like. Yeah. Um, the way that uh, the Vietnamese um, intonations work, it's very song-like, sing-song-like. And especially, like, people will tell me this when they go attend a Vietnamese mass. It sounds like the whole mass is being sung, which is really cool. Um, so uh, I w- if you have not, like, um, attended a Vietnamese mass, like, mm-hmm. it's a really cool experience because you just, everyone is, like, saying it together in unison and singing it yeah. um, in a way. So, yes, Vietnamese is a very... Um, musical language, I'd say. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a beautiful thing. How hard do you think it'll be for you to learn Vietnamese? Your oh. parents speak Vietnamese? Yes, but um, <laughs> I think they kind of given up on me <laughs> here and there. Um, it, it's like um, we mainly speak English at my house, um, and I think it's because um, we refuse, like, it's just easier to speak in English. Um, but my parents will speak in Vietnamese from time to time. Um, it's just a matter of adapting um, to it and trying to get on that page and that mindset of like, we're speaking Vietnamese now. How, how many siblings do you have? I have four other siblings. Okay. And your yes. siblings, do any of them speak Vietnamese? Um, not well either. <laughs> you know, I find this fascinating. My wife, uh, her parents are immigrants from the Azores in Portugal. And they obviously spoke Portuguese, but my wife's level of generation and among their big family, um, they can speak some port. My wife could speak. She was the little girl that took the grandma around town to interpret, right? Uh, so she spoke Portuguese as a kid, but now she can understand it, but she doesn't hardly ever speak it. And she surely never teaches our kids Portuguese. I learned to pray the rosary in Portuguese for a while. Wow. Um, but I, I find like that's almost a sad, like immigrants come to our country, praise be to God, and they lose a little bit and they sort of integrate into the American culture. And the next generation is basically just like everybody else. And they lost a little bit of their culture. I find that oh, yeah. somewhat sad. I totally agree. And I think I was the same way when I was a kid. Apparently, I was super fluent in Vietnamese. And now like I, I, I can barely keep up in a Vietnamese conversation 
But um, that's also another reason why I wanted to join the specifically the Vietnamese Dominican sisters, because mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to um, immerse myself in my upbringing, my culture that I have like missed out on so much on. Yeah. Um, but also dive deep into the universal faith that unites every single race and every single creed. Um, and that I think to me, that's like really beautiful because I'll be able to dive deep into where I'm from. The origins of my culture, um, my people, but also dive deep into the faith, mm. um, the, my spiritual people. So while you're a postulant, the habit is sli- is different. Yes, that is true. Um, when you're a postulant, you don't wear the veil, um, and you wear like um, like a black skirt um, or maybe like a jumper um, and a white um, blouse. Um, and then as you move up into the ranks, your habit becomes more and more like. The um, official um, black veil and white habit, white scapular, mm. black belt, and the customary rosary on the left. Yeah. Well, praise be to God. We'll be we'll be praying for your discernment in that process. How quickly do you think you will know once you've applied the once you've turned in the application? Ooh, I'd say it would probably take at most uh, at least three weeks or so. Okay. Um, it's a very lengthy process. Yeah. It's pretty horrible. Now, now you might have said this already, but so if they accept you, do you pause college? Um, so that's that's still something I'm discerning currently. Um, there's many ways you can go about this. I could be finishing my bachelor's and then join after, or like if I feel that God is calling me like right here, right now, I can't wait. Um, I will definitely dive in um, as soon as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's all... Um, Depending, I have to look at um, many different factors. I'm the oldest in my family, and um, a lot of my siblings are pretty young. Um, and so I feel like I would want to maybe improve my relationship with them a lot more, become closer with them before um, I leave. Um, and there's, um, or like um, the issue of my studies as well. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be, I'm in the middle of my college career right now. And if I were to leave in the middle, I would definitely be able to finish it in the future. But Still, um, I think it would be a lot more, um, I guess, helpful for the convent if I were to finish my bachelor's beforehand. Sure, sure. And a big part of their charism is education. Yes, definitely. It's the order of preachers to contemplate and to share the fruits of one's contemplation. Yeah. And I think that's very beautiful. Don't say that too loudly. Adrian's listening. (laughs) Okay. Joe likes to surround himself with Dominicans and pretend that he's a Franciscan. (laughs) Pretend. I'm just, let me point out the San Damiano cross. I'm just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Holy Father Francis, pray for us. Pray for, pray for these Dominicans. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's see. We have a few minutes left. I wanted to mention a few more things about what's coming up this week. that we're tra- Cy Kellett's on tomorrow. What are we talking to Cy about? Uh, that's a great question. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I have an email. I have to are go you back. serious? Are you being serious <laughs> yes, with me? Yes. I have to go, I have to go uh, back and... I have an email Such correspondence professional on what we're talking production about. Production we put on here. It's but very, uh, very, I don't remember what we're talking prof- about. Very professional. Well, Cy Kellett, I guess, is going to be on our program tomorrow from Catholic Answers. We may also be talking with Timothy Putnam from Verbum. They're coming on as a sponsor to sponsor our, our Gospel Reflections. Um, they produce a product uh, called Verbum, which is a very incredible uh, digital tool to connect your library so scripture commentaries and early church fathers and and the greek and the hebrew and and just like it's an amazing intense tool and in fact i think they're offering a discount this week if i'm not mistaken it's like 15 percent off or 20 percent off or something like that but we we're probably gonna uh, try to get timothy putnam on who runs the verbum 
uh, software on tomorrow to discuss part of why Catholic laity need to dive deep into their faith and their scripture study. And then, of course, Patrick Truman is going to be on on Thursday, National Center for Sexual Exploitation. He put out a website called PornHarms.com. When I wrote my book on overcoming pornography addiction, um, I quoted a bunch of stuff out of his website, out of his PornHarms.com website. And then his National Center for Sexual Exploitation got established after that. Incredible research. He used to work under Bush Sr., if I'm not mistaken, in enforcing the laws against pornography distribution in our country. And uh, so I'm very excited about having him on. And then Friday, we booked a couple of guests. that are, It's going to be kind of an intense day on Friday. Susan Musket, president of pro-life, uh, pro, forgive me, president of pro-family woman is going to be on. She's been on before. She's going to be on to talk about the Biden administration who's opening the door to experimental transgender therapies on children, making it more widely accessible. That's a problem. As Catholics, we are against that. So... We're going to have Susan Musket on to tell us about that. And then you invited a guy uh, who's got a very intense story. Um, I'm, I'm almost cringing thinking about it, but it's so necessary. Absolutely. And I can't remember. What are we talking to him about? Jeff no, Younger. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're good grief. But- <laughs> See what I got to deal with? See what I got to deal with? Good grief. Pray, uh, no, yeah. Jeff uh, Younger, he's, oh my goodness, it's going to break your heart, but it's very necessary conversation because he's uh, he's the guy who's very famous across the states because he's one of the few parents that are fighting the transing of their children. Uh, his mo- his wife started transing his child, uh, telling uh, his son, James Younger, that he was a girl. And at the age of four years old, it's a tragic, tragic story. Um, and so the, you can find a lot of information online about him, and we'll have him on on Friday because they just put – the a um a law up in texas that got shot down and they're not gonna be able to bring it back up so i'm curious as to like what's the next step for him and also just to tell his story and recognize this is happening all across america and nobody is talking about it uh no bishops no priests uh, no politicians uh no media no no one's covering the fact that kids all across america are being transed and, and often against one of the parents' will. Yeah, it's a difficult conversation, but I think a necessary one. So uh, Jeff Younger is going to be on our program on Friday. So that's the week lined up. But today, here in about another hour, we're going to be interviewing Dr. Paul Kengor, author of The Devil and Karl Marx, and we're going to pre-record that conversation. Now, that's something we've never done before on the show is pre-record something so but we've had a hard time getting him on the calendar, and I didn't want to risk it any further because I really wanted to have that conversation with Paul Kengor. So we're going to be doing that today. He's a poli-sci uh, professor out of uh, Grove City College, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, his book is intense. I've been going through the book. I've not made it all the way through yet, but I've made it through a ch- huge chunk of it, more than half. And just the section on Karl Marx alone is worthy of a conversation, let alone the infiltration component in the church and the testament like we've heard this conversation many times from talking heads like myself and others who will say infiltration 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 and they'll they'll name you know names but how, where's the detail where's the evidence where's the 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 citations where you know what i mean like finding that level of detail is somewhat harder to come by well paul kingor has it all he's got all that he's got it all recited and referenced and it's it's pretty much a hammer blow against communism, socialism, 
why it's uh, a virus that we ought to be truly eradicating, and um, and their attempts to corrupt the church in America. So that's an issue. Uh, the church worldwide, not just America. So that's going to be Paul Kingor. And what we're going to do is we're going to play 20 minutes of that conversation on next week's show in the guest segment. And then we'll put the entire, because it's going to be like an hour or so, we'll put that entire conversation, and we're going to give it to you through our email list. So if you're on our email list, you'll get the whole conversation. If you're not, you'll just get 20 minutes of it, and praise God, hopefully it'll be the best 20 minutes of it. So that's It might up. or might not be. Yeah, we'll see. There's only so, one way to find out. Looking though. forward to that. Um, and real quickly, I found the email with Cy Kellett, so I, me- I know what we're talking about tomorrow. And what are we talking about? So we're talking, oh, we're out of time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 no, uh, so we're talking about uh, his book on, it's basically a the basic gospel message because he was saying how, uh, so we're going to talk about how the, the gap in catechesis, how people somehow went through all of their CCE, all was confirmed, went to Catholic school and never received the basic gospel message and never found out who Jesus was, is, and what he taught. And uh, so that's what we're going to be talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So that ought to be a good conversation. <clears throat> that's going to do it today. Pretty much. We're just about out of time here. Um, so let's, well, the last minute we have left. You know, Emily left the show on Friday, as you well know. Uh, we have been talking to some people, and Janelle's, Janelle's just hanging out. She's just being friendly with us and giving us some of her time to help out around here, and we're grateful, grateful. For, grateful for that. But we have not yet uh, found, we have not yet made a decision on the permanent replacement for Emily and, uh, and the co-host. So keep us in your prayers uh, that God's will will be done and that it will become clear to us in the days and weeks ahead. Uh, because it's a tall task to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning to be articulate and to be focused and have the current information and be able to communicate that to you, to have powerful conversations. It's just not easy. We feel like we're doing something that is somewhat unique in Catholic Radio, and we're grateful that you're a part of it. So please do share us with your friends and your family. Help us spread the word about Catholic Drive Time. All right? God love you. God bless you. Cy Kellett, Catholic Answers. That conversation's coming up tomorrow and much, much more. We'll see you then. Take care.